Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's vital for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also keeps us in focus in a relationship with God, and that's important. You know people in your life who need to change their focus, don't you? people who need to grow in their faith, who need to start thinking about their soul's salvation, help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a great blessing if you could help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. A great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So, Make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into a line of thought and study that we had really looked at in a couple of different parts. And this is kind of the second section of that study. We're asking the question, are you neglecting your salvation? Now, that's a very personal question, but it's also very profound. And it's a question that all of us need to consider because we're, t- we're taught in the scriptures continually to examine ourselves, to see that if we're in the faith or if we're staying faithful, if we're really following God his way as, li- as laid out for us in the scriptures, we need to really be diligent to give proper attention to matters that are important to us. And we've talked about this in the first part of this study. Now, neglect and that is not paying proper attention to things that are really important to us or things that we really need to pay attention to, neglect, well, that'll commonly spell doom for whatever is being neglected. And we've talked about how, well, relationships. If you neglect to give proper attention to a relationship, that relationship is probably going to suffer and maybe even go away altogether. How often Married couples, and I have sat before, no, countless married couples who have come to talk to, finally, somebody who may be able to help them sort through things that are problems in their marriage. But you see, usually, by the time they come to see me or somebody else who uh, could give them some kind of counsel, it's, it's really way past the time that they should have been seeking help. Well, they neglected to get the help they needed, and they needed the help because they neglected to give proper attention to their marriage relationship. Well, how many marriages have failed through neglect? How many jobs or careers have suffered because somebody in those jobs, in those careers, well, they just neglected what they should have been doing, how much attention they should have been giving giving to their job and to their career. Think about a car. You buy a new car, brand new, Boy, it's got the bells and the whistles. It's just great. You're so happy. You're thrilled. You're kind of on top of the world for a little bit there. You see, you feel like at least emotionally. But what happens if you don't, if, if you neglect and don't give proper attention to the upkeep and maintenance of that car? Well, you're going to have problems with it, aren't you? You don't ever change the oil. You don't ever check any of the fluids. You don't check the tire pressure and on and on and on we could go. You know what's going to happen to that car, don't you? It's going to become mechanically problematic and maybe stop running altogether. Well, the same thing could be said about a house. 
A person buys a new house, and it's just great. They walk in. They smell all the new house smells, fresh paint, fresh carpeting, and all of that. And, and they just, everything's glittering and gleaming, and everything's beautiful and new and bright. And oh, it's just wonderful. But they don't pay any attention to the upkeep of the house. Well, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Eventually, there are going to be more and more problems, and somewhere down the road, that house may start falling down around their ears. Well, especially our spiritual life, we need to be careful to not be neglectful toward, because it's the most important part of our life. Jesus asked this, and when we're talking about our spiritual life, ultimately, we're talking about our soul. Again, what's the question? The basic premise of this study and thought, that line of thought, are you neglecting your salvation? In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, Jesus asked these two rhetorical questions. He said, what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Now think about the first part of that question. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? Now that would really be beyond imagination, wouldn't it? I mean, you, have, you own everything in the world, you own all of its riches, you own all of its power and might and everything. You, you, I mean, you're top dog. Every, every part of the world, it's under your domain. But you lose your soul. What profit is it if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Well, this is a rhetorical question. To ask it is to understand it. In the very question itself, you understand the answer. No profit at all. There's nothing that compares in value with your soul and your soul's salvation. So gaining the whole world but losing your soul, you've lost. You've lost everything. There's no, no, nothing that begins to compare in value, importance to your soul and your soul's salvation. Well, Jesus then asks another uh, rhetorical question, and again, the answer is understood in the question itself. So he goes on and he says, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, you can go back and, and make the comparison to the first question. What if you gain the whole world, you own everything in the world, but you lose your soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? Well, we've already seen even the world itself and all of its riches, that and glory, that does not compare with your soul's salvation. So what would you give in exchange for your soul? Well, again, the answer is understood in the question. Nothing. There's nothing worth that exchange. Even if you did or could own everything in the world, all of its riches, all of its glory, that's all temporary. And you're going to die within a few decades or or scores of years. I mean, more and more people are living to be 100, but they don't live much beyond that, do they? See, life, physical life in this world is finite. And by comparison to eternity, it is short-lived, just the blink of an eye, barely. But you see, your soul is eternal. And so your soul's salvation is for eternity. Your physical human life in this world is for just a very short time. So you gain the whole world, 
Or you think something's worth exchanging your soul's salvation over? No. No, Jesus says nothing is worth that. Nothing. In fact, he gave a couple of illustrations. If we turn back to chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, and we begin reading with verse 44. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid for over and for joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, Jesus is not really talking here about treasures hidden in a field, earthly treasures. He's not really talking about the most exquisite of all pearls that could possibly exist. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like. That's how he begins each one of these parables. The kingdom of heaven is like. Now, what does that mean, the kingdom of heaven is like? Our eternal home in heaven. Our eternal soul's salvation is like a treasure that somebody finds in a field, and it is so valuable that he sells everything else that he has to buy that field so he can have that treasure. Or it's like a pearl merchant, one who deals, buys, and sells pearls, and he finds one pearl that is so exquisite, so magnificent, that it's worth selling everything else that he has to be able to buy that one pearl. Now, it's not the pearl that Jesus is trying to get across or the treasure hidden in the field that he's trying to teach about. The kingdom of heaven is like. He's using simply physical things, material possessions that we can relate to in our physical life here on this earth. And so if this this is the most valuable treasure that could be imagined, or this is the most exquisite pearl that has ever existed, he said, that is an illustration, and it really falls short of fully illustrating the value of your soul's salvation. The kingdom of heaven is like, my, my, well, The Hebrews writer, he gave this kind of warning or instruction to really be careful about what our mindset might be, what our real focus in life is. In Hebrews chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, he wrote, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. What have we heard? Salvation through Jesus Christ, our soul's salvation. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect, if we neglect so great a salvation? So many people are neglecting their soul's salvation. They become careless in their lifestyle, in their mindset. Are you neglecting your soul's salvation? We're going to look at some further ways that 
a person can neglect their soul's salvation beginning next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to give the more earnest heed, to be even more diligent about our soul's salvation, about our spiritual state and condition, and help us, Father, to keep focused on that eternal home with you in heaven and to not let anything of this earth or of this world sway us away from that focus, Father. Help us to see and help us to help others to see, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.